0: You're listening to petliferadio.com Welcome everybody, I'm Jamie Migdal, and this is the twenty-fifth episode of Pets Mean Business on the lovely and amazing Pet Life Radio Network. And I'm really happy because for my twenty-fifth episode i have a special guest special friend i think it's really important but i feel like i feel like when you hit a milestone like that you want to make sure you're sharing it with someone that there's meaning behind it so i'll get to that in a moment but so thank you so much i'm so grateful that i've been able to keep this podcast going for 25 episodes and i hope that you've gotten a lot out of it i've heard from so many of you over the last several months it sounds like you're liking it so that's cool And, uh, you know, that's the whole point. There's really no other reason to be doing this if it's not benefiting you. Because it's certainly, I mean, I love doing it. It's super fun. But the reality is that, you know, there's limited time in the day and limited time in life. And if I'm going to choose to do something, I only want to do it if it's something that's beneficial for more than just me. And I hope that, uh, and like I said, I think that that's, that's what's happening. I think that it's beneficial for a lot of people. And then if you need to hear something that you're not hearing, if you want more from me in some way, if there's a special guest that you want me to bring on, you just need to let me know. You can reach me at jamie at petliferadio.com. So here, here's the deal. Why do we even do this 25 podcasts? Why do we even have this show? Why do we? Well, I'll tell you. Here's the real. The real deal is this. So I've been in the pet industry for about, oh gosh, 20 some years. And honestly, within that 20 years, there has not been a single day. And I, I, I it, it sounds like a crazy statement. It sounds like it's a hyperbole, but it's not. Um, there has not been one single day that has gone by in that 20 some years where I haven't felt grateful or inspired or some emotion around around the industry. And not just because I love animals. I always say that if you're in the industry, that's a foregone conclusion, something you shouldn't even have to talk about. It's like, I like breathing. But it's more about the people. It's actually all about the people. It's about the people who are in the industry. It's about the people who want to be in the industry. It's about the innovators. It's about the thinkers. It's about the passion. It's about it's about climbing an uphill climbing up a mountain to find out what's at the top because this industry isn't so clear cut, right? It's not so clear cut. It's not so obvious that you're gonna go to school and major in pet industry one oh one and graduate with that degree and you're gonna have a job doing XYZ that you know exactly what you know the next forty years will hold. It's just not that way. And so thus this podcast was born because there's so many Thousands and thousands, and I would even say, you know, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, maybe even into the millions of people who do think about working with animals, whether it be in the zoo environment, whether it be in the shelter environment, whether it be in the product or, you know, package goods environment, whatever it is, people want to work in this in this sixty-two billion dollar industry, but there's no easy way there always. So that's the whole point, right? We we talk to people who have done that, who have been in a position where they looked around and they said, "I want to work with animals," and and they've found their way there. So that's the thing that inspires me the most. These okay. folks are living with intention, and they're walking to the edge, and they're listening, and they're practicing things, and they're and they're doing things with no regret. And that's just the stuff that you know. That's that's what life is, and it's not always easy, and it's not always clear, and it's really not always something that people will see what you see. But these entrepreneurs and these these vision people that I speak to, these vision makers that we speak to on this podcast, they're just doing it. So if you happen to be that person who's sitting there right now thinking, you know, gosh, I think I want to work with pets. I think I think I can be an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I think I might want to try this. Listen, listen to what people are saying on this podcast. Talk to people in your community. Talk to people who take care of your pets. Find out what they've done. Find out what their secret is. Learn from them and follow your dreams. And, you know, that sounds really cheesy and really cliche and it almost kills me to, I, I cringe when I say follow your dreams. But it is about following your dreams and, you know, realizing that every dream isn't always perfect, but there's so many things to learn about yourself you know, as you're doing that. So like I said, my special guest today did the same thing, did this exactly. And that's why I think she's a perfect guest for 25, for episode 25. Uh, her name is Betsy Lane. She has a business called Pet Petkido, P-E-T-K-I-D-O. P-E-T-K-I-D-O which I think is a cool name and she'll tell us what that means. But she's got a great origin story about how she now spends her full-time work working with animals. And I'm really excited for her to bring that story to you, to talk to you about, you know, talk to us, talk to me, let us have this conversation, let that un- unravel about how she is now making a living working with animals in a very cool and a very meaningful and a very cutting-edge innovative way. So that's that's what's going to happen today we're going to talk to betsy lane so we're going to take a break we're going to listen to a sponsor you're going to you know do your thing check facebook what have you and then while you're checking facebook please of course you can check facebook and you can check into pets meeting business on facebook or fetch find on facebook or you can check out my personal page jamie dot whatever you know just saying it's there if you want it and when, when we come back Betsy will join us, and we'll talk about all these really interesting things and a combination of them and this really cool person who I think you're going to totally love like I do and everyone who I know who knows her loves her as well. So we'll be right back. Thanks for listening.
1: It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All-day play and overnight camp, daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. Let's
0: Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. So I promised you someone cool, and you stuck around, so you must want to see someone or listen to someone cool. So here we go, Betsy Lane, welcome Hi. to this is Hi, Betsy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and thrilled to be your 25th uh,
2: episode guest. That's fantastic. Well- you
0: seriously deserve it. So let's just, um, I always, whenever I know somebody who's on the show, I always feel like I want to just be super transparent about that and just talk about the fact that we do work together, that we do share a community, <laughs> that, we, that we've that we known each other
2: for, how long have we known each other? I've actually known you since before I started working um, professionally as a dog trainer. So, you did? Because I met you through our mutual friend, Elizabeth Hammond. Oh, that's right. Of course. That's right. All right. I wasn't even... Who was the that. one who introduced you Was my dog trainer and she introduced me to she encouraged me to follow this path. So,
0: wow, you know what? I'm so glad that you reminded me of that because I I did not remember that that was how the origination I didn't remember that was the origination of our uh, relationship. So, you know, let's so that that's how this happened for you that Elizabeth your own dog trainer, you what yes. did you say? You said I want to do this too. How did that happen?
2: Well, she really encouraged me. She was a person to me who really opened my eyes to the ways that you can make a living working with animals and in particular working with dogs. And I sort of, as a, as we were working in a training sort of a context, both uh, privately and in group training classes, I kept looking at her and thinking, well, she's doing this. You know, why has it never occurred to me that, that I could do this? And, you know, she had, I learned so much from her and through her, you know, she encouraged me. She said, you know, you have You have really good instincts and you have good timing and, you know, just some really concrete little bits of encouragement that I think I needed in order to boost my own confidence and to think, yeah, I could could do this. Maybe this isn't such a crazy idea. What Um, were you doing at the time? What was your work at the time? At the time, I was a full-time editor. I, well, I worked in the editorial department of uh, an educational publishing company. I had been a classroom teacher, and then I had transitioned into educational publishing. And at the time, I was actually the editorial director of a small publishing company, so I had an office job that had nothing to do with animals.
0: (laughs) So So. can I ask you, I I know it's a personal question, and I'm going to ask you anyway, because I think it's so relevant. How old were you when you had that aha moment, when you had that conversation with Elizabeth?
2: I was probably... Early 40s, very early 40s, 41, okay, so 42. You, so okay. you
0: were a fully formed professional woman in a career that was obviously moving forward and there was no yep. reason to be, you weren't unhappy in your career. I, that, I'm not No, that. no,
2: I liked, I liked, I think with, as with any career, you know, there were parts of it that I absolutely loved and was passionate about and other parts that, mm, you know, like, mm, okay, well, I do this and they pay me, <laughs> you know. But no, by that time, by the time I had that aha moment where I realized like, wow, I could really, really follow my heart, you know, which is a phrase, by the way, that one of my all-time heroes, James et al. uses. She says, follow your dreams and your heart. And so by the time I came to that realization, yeah, I'd actually had two careers. I had a career as a teacher. And then, as I said, I morphed into educational publishing where I used some, you know, some very similar skills and added some new skills to it. And then I decided to leave that and work with animals.
0: And so, never. So, as you're sitting at your desk in those jobs, whether it be in the classroom with the kids or sitting in the in the corporate job as a as an editor and writer, never were you kind of staring out the window and just fantasizing about running through a field of poppies with golden retrievers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know me, Jamie. You know they would have said German Shepherds. They would not have told them. <laughs> <Jewish>. But, <laughs> but, but yes, true. and that's the thing. You know, in thinking about participating, you know, having this conversation with you today. I was thinking that one of my, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but but when I was a kid, I would have loved to work with animals. I literally, from the day I heard that Jane Goodall existed, I wanted to be Jane Goodall. I wanted to live in the jungle and live with chimpanzees. I couldn't see why, you know, my parents wouldn't let me have a chimp or a, an alligator or a snake or whatever for a pet. And so Part of me always wanted to do that. So, yes, part of my brain was was always running through the field of wildflowers with the pack of dogs. But but as a kid, the only job I thought that you could have, if you were an animal person, so to speak, was a a vet. Was a vet. Yeah. And I knew that that wasn't quite my niche you know, and, and I always wanted to work, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher. And so what I'm doing now, I see myself as a teacher and someone who can empower either on people, you know, either I'm teaching people or I'm teaching dogs, or most of the time, I'm working with both of them in the same room at the same time. And so to me, it's a way of my work now really is the perfect symbiotic sort of a career path because it combines both education and animals, and I feel like that's where my heart is, and that's where my skills are in my training.
0: It's really interesting to have you talk about, you know, as a child, kind of hearkening back to that time about, you know, those early thoughts that we always have as children about what we would want to be, quote-unquote, when we grow up, and Mm -hmm. I, I, I just realized a pattern Um, And you're telling me about your experience as a child, thinking about working with animals and recognizing at that point that the only thing you were able to really point to as a viable career option was veterinary medicine. I think that if I go back and think through the last, I mean, just the podcast alone, thinking through all the guests and all the conversations. I think that's a running theme. Well, of course it has to be, right? I've never really t- I've never really connected the dots right. necessarily, but I think that's a theme. I think, that is, I think that most people who end up doing a career change and the pet industry, as you know, is full of career changers, more right. than kind of organic folks who have grown up in the industry like myself, but most people right. have, are coming to it as a second or even third or fourth career. Mm-hmm. I do think that most people as a kid wanted to work with animals, but parents probably didn't know, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, how to foster that, right? Because it wasn't so obvious you can make a career as a dog trainer or, you know, working in, you know, food sciences, working in, you know, in the shelter world, working in zoos. I mean, there's so many different, there's so many different avenues. So it's actually something to think about. This is just, of course, where my, my brain goes around how we can really help support kids. You know, who are having those yeah. thoughts now. So they're not having to kind of right. spend their time going down avenues. Not that those paths don't aren't meaningful and they don't, uh, you know, they don't amount to really great things because I think that right. when you bring all these other skills to the animal world, the animal world benefits from that. But it is really interesting because it, it does seem to be a repeating theme, a reoccurring theme that folks... Mm-hmm. You now, as kids, they, they love animals, but they don't know, there's no one to really support that dream because it's...
2: Right, right. I think it ends. also really, really reflects the changing role that dogs in particular play yeah. in our lives. I mean, yeah. when I was a kid, nobody trained their dog. I, you right. know, it was just like, well, you know, whatever. You open the back, do- you
0: open the back door. <laughs> you open the back door. You open the
2: back door, there they go. They you know, come so back at we, the end of the so night. So we didn't have dog trainers. <laughs> I mean, I love it when I go to people's homes, my private clients, Um, And I know we'll get more into what I actually do, but, but we will, but when I, when I go to people's homes and oftentimes they'll ask whether their children can be involved. And I say yes. And I explain that I used to be a classroom teacher and I love the fact that, I mean, some of these kids, first of all, they're, absolutely natural at dog training, you know, Um, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them are just fantastic assets and they really get it and they're very eager. And I think, wow, these kids are having such a different experience, an experience that literally not a single one of my friends or my peers had when we were growing up because nobody had a dog trainer come to their house such a
0: great it 's such a great point i 've never thought of it that way i 've never framed it that way, but you 're exactly right and I have had very similar experiences in my career as a dog trainer that some mm. of the best yeah, some of the best trainers i 've ever met have been Kids, whether it's like a young kid six, seven, eight, or like a you know teenager, kind of a preteen right. person, really, right. uh, really insightful. Well, I do want to for sure talk about what you do because that's such a part of your story and such a part of why we do this show because people need to understand that this is like you said and like we've said, there's really a career here if you want there to be. Mm-hmm. So, Betsy, here's what we want to do: let's take a break. We'll come back from the break and we'll talk about how you make money, how you are, how you are designing your day, what your day looks like. I want to talk about that. Like, what does it really look like to be? Uh, working with animals every day from a kind of nine to five perspective. You know, a lot of people who are wanting to get into this industry, they they have a conce- they kind of conceptualize it in a certain way but then they can't really understand what a day-to-day nine to five kind of work life looks like when you're training dogs or whatever you're doing. In this case, of course, working with clients and their animals. I'd like to talk about what are the struggles around that? And what are the things that are the most delightful? So when we get back from break, let's make sure we talk about that so we can make sure that the folks who are listening are getting the most value for, from this conversation and, and giving them the most information that's applicable um, for their life. Sounds great. great. Okay, great. All right, so everybody, we'll be back after the break with my colleague and friend, Betsy Lane.
2: They called it elephant skin. It was rough, wrinkly, like a brillo pad. His hair was falling out in clumps. Petey stopped eating and all his hair fell out. Our golden retriever, Sundance. He scratched incessantly. There was hair all over. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com. It's eight five nine four two eight one thousand. The omega three fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynovite is
0: Nutrition. Within two weeks, the shedding slowed down to almost none. The scratching went away after a few days, and Sundance's coat was starting to get shiny and glossy. It's a 180
2: turnaround. His skin has cleared up. He is not in pain. If your dog has Shedding, dry skin, excessive scratching due to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com
1: Let's talk pets. Let's
0: talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. So, uh, this is funny. All right, so get this. This is the, some of the fun stuff about broadcasting. So, after we got done recording. This podcast, our 25th, Betsy Lane and I, uh, it turns out that there was a button pressed somewhere that uh, didn't record the second half. So you know what? That happens, right? These things happen. But the wonderful thing about having this particular guest here, who happens to be in Chicago, who happens to be someone I see on a fairly regular basis, happens to be in my office right now. So hi, Bets. Hi. So we are doing, this is my, this is really special because again, this is the 25th episode and this is the first time I've ever done a recording with somebody. We are sitting here literally right next to each other with (laughs) the mic and we're sharing a headset. I mean, this is actually, in fact, I think I'm going to take a picture and we'll post this because I think it's just too good not to so let's just grab a selfie here
1: old time radio i mean okay there's a picture
0: we'll make sure that goes up on there so we're gonna and this happens to be also just for just because this is how life goes. It happens to be the same day. Uh we recorded the earlier half uh this afternoon around 1 p.m. Central Time on this particular day. And now it's about 5 30 p.m. on that same day. So <laughs> we're kind of in the mode. This wasn't having to we don't have to like go stretch or dig too deep because we were just talking about this stuff a few hours ago. So here's Betsy back um in with us and it's live and it's fun and this is the first time. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> All right. So um I listened to uh, the stuff that we talked about before we went to break because that's where it cut off. So let's talk about your day. Let's talk about what it really means to be a pet professional um, on a daily alarm going off in the morning. You know, what What are some of the, the high points and low points of managing yourself um, in this industry and having your own company?
1: Sure. Well, I think on a, on a sort of a typical day, um, I would have some client appointments. And in my case, that means driving to a client's home. I have a number of ongoing clients that I see generally once a week, some of them a little bit less frequently, schedules vary a little bit, but there's always some prep work involved with that, as well as simply the unavoidable allowing for traffic and so on. But there's also a big part of my day that I spend at the computer either prepping for those appointments or continuing my own education, I never want to feel like I'm uninformed going into an experience with a client. So if I know, for example, that a client is really struggling with some issues around the dog being unable to settle around the children and the family or something. I'll see, you know, I'll I'll visit some of my favorite resources, books or other sources online, or do some new research, see if there's anything out there that... um that might help the client, and then there's the what many entrepreneurial people sort of see as the necessary evil mm-hmm. of the bookkeeping and the logging things and keeping the accountant happy and billing people and, and so on and so forth, but um, I'm happy to say that most of the most of my time on a daily basis really is spent thinking about my clients and their dogs and how I can help them and you know stuff that, like that that 's kind of exciting to me
0: so thinking about that and thinking about how how that all kind of flows through. Are you working, would you call it full-time, more than full-time, less than full-time? And I don't mean, and I mean all of those activities. So taking into consideration the bookkeeping and the mm-hmm. any marketing activities, any uh, post and any pre and post appointment work. And then of course the appointments and the driving and everything. So all bundled together, how many hours are we looking
1: at? Well, I think it's it probably comes out to about all told probably 30 hours a week so a little bit less than full-time um, and I also like most of us have other things that take up at least those additional 10 or 20 or 30 hours that we would expect to be working so it's a little bit less than a little bit less than full-time I'm in a very fortunate situation that while my husband and I definitely need the income that my business generates, I don't have to pay for health insurance separately, which is a big issue yep. for a lot of people yep. who are out on their own yep. because I'm fortunate enough to have benefit, health benefits through, through my husband's job. job. Okay. So that's a big consideration yep. um, when you start looking at the whole picture of how am I going to pull this off? How am I going to do what I love? for a living.
0: And so do you think that knowing that you had that safety or that security of a second income and health insurance, do you think that that made it, and maybe this is an obvious mm-hmm. yes, but maybe not. Did that make it easier to make this decision or do you think you would have made the decision to follow this path even if those things weren't in place?
1: I know that that's a hard
0: right, question. Right,
1: but I I know what, I think I know where you're coming from and and, and for me, I know, I don't think, I I know that I would have made this career change. I went into this line of work. I decided to follow what I really, really wanted to do, what my heart had always told me I wanted to be doing. I made that career change after some kind of pivotal moments in my own life and in my family's life. And the details, in a sense, don't really matter. But we have these moments in our lives where we think, wow, life is fleeting. And you only get one shot. And you, if you can make this happen, make it happen. Make make doing what you love more a part of your life if you can do that. And so what really made the difference for me, like the benefits, that was nice. But, you know, you can go out and you can get a job in the pet industry, as you know all so well. You can get a job that has benefits. You, I could have made that happen. What really mattered to me was that my, the people I knew and loved and respected most, including my husband, they were behind me. And they said, Go for it. Even if we need to pick up some pieces while you get started, we support you in this.
0: That's probably the most important thing. Benefits and everything else. You figure that stuff out, but not. But having that support from your circle of people. Right. And a lot of people don't have that. I know a lot of people, and you probably do too, who come home from their cubicle job and say, you know what, honey, I want to quit and I want to go work at the zoo, or I right. want to walk dogs, or right. I want to open up a boarding and daycare. And that doesn't happen. And, and I know even for myself, and I don't know if you, you, it sounds like you didn't experience this, but, you know, being in the pet industry for so long and, and now having a, a technical, a technology business, you know, in, in FetchFind, I know that I get a lot of people laughing or rolling their eyes. Oh, you're in the pet industry? That's cute. Oh, cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, it's cute. Right, it's cute. It's, it's <laughs> like, there's this like, like inherent right. disrespect that comes with when you say pet industry, because it is a fairly fragmented and cottage industry. And I get that. And that actually creates a great opportunity for smart people like you because you can use that fragmentation to your benefit mm-hmm, sure. but I feel like that is a that is a struggle for a lot of people I hear that and in fact I when I first wanted to become a dog trainer and I, I had I owned a dog walking company for four or five years decided that I wanted to I had a great mentor and a, a local veterinarian here Dr. Sedone and I said I wanted to become a dog trainer and she said I support that 100% and how can I help you and we decided together that I would go back to school and I presented this to my family that I was going to go back to school to become a dog trainer and um, my father you know Really, he had a problem with that. Mm -hmm. He had a problem with that. You know, why don't you go back to school and become a doctor? Right. <laughs> Literally, was his exact comment. <laughs> why don't you go back to school to become right. a lawyer? Right. And so you're I, so smart, you right. could do why? something right. so much better. Right. <laughs> and that is exactly right. Right. And so you want to say, real you know, right. just, I'm paving my way, and I'm doing. And so, and just so it's like almost like you, when people, if you're if you're sitting there and you're struggling, if you're a person that's listening to Betsy and I talking and you're struggling with that, you know, it's just about being my. It's almost like being industry agnostic minded when you make a decision to go into this industry. It's the same, you have the same challenges, the same excitement, the same anything. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's it's the same research, it's the same. It's about when you're changing directions, it doesn't really matter the industry. So I, I do find that people need extra support that are moving into the pet industry because it is so kind of fragmented. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's It's a really good point. It's great to have us. That's why these associations and these networks are reaching out and getting support, which is, I think, what you did brilliantly on the T-Touch side. Mm -hmm. So you identified that you wanted to be a dog trainer. You found this organization through Linda Tellington Jones. You found this organization that was able to really provide some structure, some guidance, some consistency, some uniformity, some community. So you know, you're a great example of not only saying, I want to do this, which in this case happens to be pets, but you found a way to really bundle it. Uh, bundle is mm-hmm. not the right word, but kind oh, of put but some, you know, put your arms around it exactly. in some way that you can. And so I think that's a really, right. not, and not everyone needs to do that, but you did that. Right. And you're very deliberate in your thinking. You're very analytical in your thinking. You approach things in a very, and I've watched you do this. You approach things in a, with a very clear head, -hmm. You're very emotional when it comes to making you know next step decisions. I've watched you; I really have, and I I, I really admire that in you. And I think people can learn from that, right? I think that the more
1: that we can envision where we want to go, and this is just—I mean, it's—it's so parallel to dog training, right? You look at at your end goal. Oh, that's such a good one, right? And then this is good. And then I feel like a part of what I work with all of my clients with, whether they just you know want some some basic. You know, puppy training, they sure. have a puppy, they have no idea what to do with the puppy, or if they're really dealing with some fairly significant troubling, issue. significant issues and they don't know if they can keep their dog, they don't know if their dog is rehomable, they don't know what to do. So, whether we're addressing something through training in a sort of more familiar sense or through T touch, I feel like it really is a skill to see the goal, define your goal. And then the trick comes in breaking down all of those incremental steps, breaking down your your path into these steps that you can manage, right? Because you can't do it all at once, right? I mean, just the T-Touch certification training takes two years. So right there, and believe me, I started out thinking, two years, what? I don't have two years. But I saw the wisdom in it as I went through it because it gives you time to learn all of the skills you need to learn to really get the, the philosophy and to work towards this much larger goal. And I see that all the time with my clients. They want Lassie, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't understand that all of the little pieces that, that make up that final goal, that ultimate goal for whatever, you know, behavior they have in mind that they want their dog to do. And so part of it is just being able to visualize the steps, you know, so and I, not everybody
0: can do I was going to say, I think, I think that you are, as we just mentioned before, that you are incredibly, you're a rational thinker. You're a deliberate, you, know, you take deliberate actions. You're, you go about things uh, very comprehensively. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that uh, many people do that well. Um, or even sometimes do that at all. So there's a struggle there. And so, what advice do you have for someone who says that? Yeah, that's I wish I could be that way, but I've got entrepreneurial ADD, or I just I, <laughs> I, I I hate my job so much I just want to start walking dogs tomorrow. Or I'm graduating from college and I, I just don't know what I want to do and I've got to start making money. I mean, so what right. what are some things sure. that you would say just as a human being? Nothing. I mean, again, I kind of, I and mean, we can talk about all of these things is very agnostically. So what are some things that in your life and your wisdom that you would have to share with someone who says I want to be working with animals
1: tomorrow. I would say terrific. That's great. Keep that enthusiasm and find a way to make it work. And it's it might not look like your ultimate perfect thing right off the bat, but maybe you can get a job working with dogs at a shelter. You can volunteer. You can keep your job if you need your job. Keep your job, your current job and, you know, become a really reliable, active, engaged volunteer with some, some dog-related group. Or just, I mean, just in general, the process of educating ourselves, I think, is so important. Mm-hmm. I feel like because our industry is so unregulated, mm-hmm. it's a huge responsibility for mm-hmm. us not to just go out and present ourselves as these professionals and experts that people will frankly assume that we are. And, you know, I think that that's really unethical and I never wanted to be in that position. And that's why certification was really important to me and continuing my education and and all of the networking and, and so on that, frankly, that you've made a lot of that possible for so many of us here in Chicago. And I'm so grateful for those relationships where it's not, you know, backstabbing and you stole my client. It's, wow, I have this situation that I'm just not sure how to proceed with would love your thoughts, you know, what do you think? So in general, I I would just say, get out there and do something. And it's not going to be, you know, maybe, maybe it will be your perfect job right off the bat, but maybe it won't be, but you can learn something from any experience, good, bad, or indifferent. You can learn either what you want to do more of, what you want to do less of, how you want to do it, how you want to not do it. If you have that learner's attitude, you'll always be getting better.
0: I think that is very aptly put and very true. I would also add, and also want to get your opinion on this: mm-hmm. that how much is a mentor or mentors? How much do they play into it for you? How much do they play into it for you personally or professionally? And how much do you? How much weight did you give that, or how much? How, much uh,
1: how important do you think that is? I think that it's um, that it is it's been very helpful to me to have mentors. Um, And I have a number of different mentors, you know, people Mm -hmm. that I look to for expertise in different sub areas of my work. And that's been just so important, not only as a source of information and advice and guidance and all of those things that we think about mentors as providing, but also just to, you know, to kind of counteract that sense of, we're just out here on oh, our own, that's right. you know, because we're not. And even sometimes, just hearing like, "Oh, yeah, that's really easy. hard," you know, <laughs> "Oh, that's just really hard when that happens." Or you know, somebody has to rehome a dog, and you really thought it could work. You know, it's not your fault. Just there are different situations, you know, and dogs need to be put down sometimes, and you know, old age, whatever. And so, it's just nice to have other professionals and people frankly who have walked that path before to hear not only their advice but just hear their really their compassion you know and their empathy
0: it's a really wonderful, was really wonderful commentary about mentors, and also a really nice segue for us to, unfortunately, bring our, bring our very <laughs> mixed media, very, <our> very mixed, <laughs> exactly, interview to 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 a close. So, and the reason I say that that's a nice segue is because that is what this podcast is about. It's about someone listening and being able to take some nugget from it to help empower themselves to do something different or to continue on the path, or and it might not even be for themselves. It could be them listening and thinking about their kids Absolutely. or their house or a friend or what have you. So I I feel like today um, in this 25th episode, I feel like you really, you gave such solid insight and uh, and relevant and relatable insight and i'm I, I, this couldn't have been more perfect and the fact that we get to be together here physically in in the office is so nice so um you guys if you got something from this and if you want to follow up with betsy she's here to answer questions um betsy if you mind giving your
1: email out sure uh, my email is pet keto it's p-e-t-k-i-d-o at gmail.com so you
0: can reach betsy you can check out her website you know we can always anything that you need uh as it relates to your own professional growth and development uh any questions you have you know obviously uh, contact betsy's here she's more than happy to help and she's just so bright and insightful i would suggest very much and encourage you to do that if you need anything from me you can f- contact me. You can also come and visit my website um, or my company's website, which is fetchfind.com. We are a resource for all pet professionals, both um, established and and new professionals. We have a job board and we have classes and education and webinars and podcasts, of course, and all sorts of things within our marketplace. And it's a wonderful place to come and and really to either dip your toe in or just, you know, get some more training and get some more education. There's lots of great stuff there. So you can check that out at fetchfind.com. And of course, reach me. Either reach me at uh, jamie at or jamie at petliferadio.com. It all comes to me. I love to hear from you. I've heard, I get these like wonderful emails that people send to my guests, thanking them for something. And then they forward those emails to me. So I get emails all different ways and all different things. And I just love that. That's the only reason that I think we do this work in general with the podcast, but also Pet Life Radio is awesome. I if I miss this, though, And they're not paying me to say that, by the way. (laughs) Pet Life Radio is awesome because they have created a platform for this kind of information to be disseminated. And that is something that's really important, especially given that our industry is fairly fragmented and and not regulated. It's important to have a source to go to to be able to find out information to help, help each other and help yourself. So on that note, thank you for joining me for the 25th episode of Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. I'm Jamie McDowell. I'm your host. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. I'll see you next time.